Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. And I want to encourage you to really connect with what the Lord is saying, not just in service, but back up and look what he's saying to you in life. Back up and see, um, you know, what's going on in the earth, what and what's happening. Can you not see there's a huge change going on? Um, you know, has it, is it happening, even though so dramatically, is it happening slow enough to where you're not recognizing it? <laughs> you see... I'm just saying there's such a dramatic change happening in all dimensions. And don't think that God's not going to bring a change too. There's going to be such a wonderful and amazing change in the body of Christ. And I believe in the earth. And I believe that the light of God is going to shine forth in this current darkness, in this current dark situation that we are in. So I just want to encourage you with this. Last week, we began to speak about, about, we were learning about pressing into the kingdom and how we have to go from one state in life to the other. And there's this kind of conflict that's involved. And so people don't just get saved casually like, oh, I think I'll be a Christian. Oh, you know what? That's right. I'll, I'll just, I'll just do that. Right. We don't, we don't do things that way. What we do rather is we, we recognize it and then our faith may be there. Yet we've got to go through the struggle of being able to decide, are we going to give in to that thing? Are we going to really live for the kingdom? Uh, because that's going to require some serious dealing with self. I'm going to have to deal with my sins. Am I willing to lay that down? I'm going to have to deal with my self-centeredness. Am I willing to lay that down? Because Jesus said, if you want to hold on to that, you hold on to that, you're going to die. But if you let go of all that stuff and, and you die to yourself, you're going to discover your life. And so there's that process where we see that you have to press into the kingdom. You have to press into the things of God, right? And um, some of the verses we looked at pertaining to that were in Luke 16, 16. The law and the prophets were until John since that time. And what did John preach? Repentance, coming back to God. The kingdom of God has been preached. The kingdom. You can have a relationship with God. You can walk with God. You can know the power of God in your life. You, you can be one with Him. The kingdom of God's been preached and everyone's pressing into that. They are pressing in. They're pressing past that stuff in them that's been holding them back. The rebellion, the sin, the bad ideas, the, the drivenness, the worldliness. They're pressing into the kingdom. And so you see, it does take effort to get there. So last week we were talking about getting into that initial part of the kingdom, salvation. When I say salvation, I'm really not just talking about that moment somebody says the sinner's prayer uh, or that initial experience, but I'm actually talking about that time plus those first months, those even first year or two where, where individuals are having to make decisions. And because when you come to the Lord and you give your life to the, to God, then, then there are those initial things you've got to walk through. You give your life to the Lord and say, okay, God, I'm willing to do whatever. And then you realize, oh, I got to let go of that relationship. Oh, I've got to, I've got to do this. And then there's an obstacle that gets in your way. You know, you begin to be opposed and you see what you have to do is, Keep, keep going deeper. Keep going deeper. 
and continuing pressing into the things of the kingdom so that you can have the kingdom in your life. The things are eternal, and it's so subtle. It just seems like a small thing, but what we are doing now in pressing in, it's going to have amazing and eternal results. I like that verse where Paul said something like, you know, godliness is profitable for here and for eternity. That's really a powerful verse. You ever think about that? He's saying if you're godly, you're going to benefit from it here. But not, a, not only that, your godliness here causes you to benefit eternally. I don't even understand how that works out. But all I know is what we develop like here, down here, is the benefit to us for eternity. And I believe that the eternal value is going to be much more greater, much greater than the temporal value of these things that we do. Anyway, I want to move a little forward today. And rather than just talk about the initial pressing into the kingdom, I'm going to live for God. I'm not going to live for self. I'm, I'm going to uh, lay my life down before the Lord. Uh, now we're, I want to go a little further than that. And uh, talking about some other things that we can press into because that initial pressing in should not stop. It just needs to be applied in other dimensions in the kingdom. Because there's always a pressing out of the old and a pressing into the new. If you want to experience the kingdom blessings, the kingdom promises, you're going to have to press out of the old mindsets. You're going to have to press into the new mindsets. The Bible says we're supposed to be renewing our mind continually. Let go of the old man. Enter into the new man. We're doing that continually. You're going to have to let go of old patterns that you realize are not God. Some of the old patterns you learned growing up. You learned from mom and dad. You learned from that, this, you know, what do you call it? Dysfunctional family you came out of. But you've just got that wired in you. You don't even realize it. And you begin to learn some other things. And you know what? You still want to do it the old way, but now you're learning new things. You have to press out of the old and press into new. And if you want a breakthrough in your life, you're going to have to press into the kingdom and do things the kingdom way, believe the kingdom way, and stand firm in your faith to receive kingdom blessings and kingdom breakthrough. Now, I would just guess, like everyone who's listening to me today, needs kingdom breakthroughs right now. You need some kind of kingdom intervention. You need a, you need a kingdom experience in some area of your life. And I want to encourage you today to press into it. Don't just wait and sit back for it to happen. Begin to ignite your faith. One way we do that is we begin to pray for it. But we usually have to go beyond that. Once we begin to pray for something, I believe God can hear and answer that prayer. Sometimes that's all that has to happen. But sometimes we pray and ask for something, and then God leads us to do something beyond that. We have to go you know, to the next step. And it's a process of developing our faith before we actually end up receiving the fullness of what God has for us. But getting back to this point, there are promises for you to claim, blessings for you to have, but you have to not be passive. You have to make a decision. I'm going to claim promises. I'm going to stand for promises I am not going to be moved. I'm going to claim my territory just like they did in the Old Testament. But I'm claiming what God has assigned to me. 
And that is going to mean that I'm going to have to drive the giants off of the territory God has given to me. Do you see that? So that's what we have to do. We have to make a decision. So if you want to grow, if you want to enter into your kingdom purpose, if you want the promises of God, you're going to have to press into them and claim them and grab hold of them. Don't think you can be a passive Christian. Just come to church on Sunday. You don't pray during the week. You don't claim a promise during the week. You're not speaking the Word of God over your life during the week. Don't think you can live a passive Christian life and obtain the promises and the blessings of God to their fullest extent. God will bless you because you're living right. There will be certain kind of blessings that will come your way. But as far as living the wonderful life where the blessings are just pouring into your lap, it's probably just not going to happen. You see, because those that are, that are called of God have been called to live like warriors, like those that will go forward, those that will stand, those that will say, these are the promises, I will not be denied these blessings in my life. Chapter 11 in, in the book of Hebrews talks about the Old Testament. You know, a lot of the, in fact, they were all Old Testament people because it's the New Testament people writing it. They're writing reflectively about the, um, the Old Testament and all these heroes of faith. You hear about Abraham. You hear about Moses. You hear about Sarah. You know, you hear about all these great people of faith. And then he mentions a whole bunch of them. And he says this in Hebrews 11.32, Through faith, they subdued kingdoms. They worked righteousness. They obtained promises. They did what? Obtained promises. They stopped the mouths of lions. They quenched the violence of fire. They escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness, they were made strong. They became valiant and courageous in battle. Wow, now that's, that's intense. And they made their enemies flee. Now, I want to back up for a minute and think about that phrase I highlighted when I was reading that verse. Obtained promises. They obtained promises. Everybody had promises. Everybody had promises. But these heroes of faith obtained promises. Not everybody who had promises obtained them, right? And I want to tell you today, we all have great, great promises in the body of Christ. We all have great promises of victory, of deliverance, of God's help, but not everybody is going to obtain to those promises. Not everybody's going to claim them, grab hold of them, make them their own. Not everybody's going to do what is necessary and press into that. Now, what does it mean to obtain the promise? It simply means they got it. They secured it. They made it their own. The promise was there. It was given to them, but it, was, it had to be claimed. It had to be taken advantage of. Someone had to step out on it, believe it. Trust it 
and walk it out. You see, many people will think, oh, just because something happened to me, it must have been God's will. Everything that happens is just God's will. Well, God has said, I'll give you promises if you'll take them and take them seriously and believe them and step out on them and claim them and not allow yourself to be discouraged, fearful, doubtful, you are going to secure your promises, your breakthroughs, and your blessings. They will definitely come. And there's no question about that. It's just a process. Now, these individuals, if you'll read the, the story about them, you'll see what happened is they, out of weakness, became strong. You know, you might go, I, you know, I could never do that. Everybody would say that. All these men at some point in their life would go, I don't see how I will ever be able to make it. Everybody. Everybody's weak. The only people that look strong are simply those who begin to trust in God and, and know that God's going to be able to do this. And you've got to know that it's not up to you to make you strong. The Bible says that God is the perfecter of your faith. And if you will just make the effort and know that God has said you're an overcomer, you're a warrior, you're a mighty man or woman of God, if you just take that for, for you know, what it says and just begin to step out on it and quit thinking, I could never do that. Oh, I could never be a great person of faith. Oh, yes, you can. God is the one who's going to do that for you. You just need to step forward. These people received what was promised. Now, this is Old Testament. The Bible says we have greater promises. We should be experiencing greater miracles. We should have greater testimonies than they had. Paul said, look, this is what the Old Testament people did. We've got better promises. We've got the, old, the Holy Spirit in a dimension they never had. We've got not only the Old Testament promises, we have much more included with our lives, right? And what did these people get that we read that, that if you were to read the chapter 11 of Hebrews, you'd see what they got. They got their needs met. How? By faith, by standing, by believing. They got healings. Their bodies were healed. You'll see that some people even had family members raised from the dead in the Old Testament. How did that happen? How did that happen? By faith, Paul says. And it says that they experienced miracles when that is what it took to get them what they needed. They would get a miracle from God. Now, you've got to realize these stories in Hebrews 11 and other places are not told to us so that we can go, wow, look at Abraham. What a man, Abraham. Oh, wow, look at Moses. These stories are told not so we would just memorialize these men. These stories are told to us so that we could know how we can also have miracles because God's the same God of yesterday that He is today. He's, he's not changed. He's still the miracle worker. And anyone that will stand with God and claim the promises today will see at least as much blessing as they did in the Old Testament. Amen? Amen? So we ought to just be believing that. 
Now, there's so many examples given to us in Scripture of this kind of process where people believed God, they held on to God, they trusted in God, and, and they, they saw blessing, or maybe they didn't do that and they missed out on something. Um, one of the first that I, that I look at, and I mentioned this one a lot, that I think it's meant to be mentioned a lot, um, is where Israel comes out of Egypt. God had promised them, and he says this in Exodus 3.8, um, I'm going to bring them up from Egypt to a land that's good and a spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. That's the word from God. That's a promise. I'm going to bring them up. I'm going to give them a land. I'm going to bring them into the land. It's flowing with milk and honey. He didn't say anything about the obstacles. He's just given a promise. He's given a promise. Now, when they got to the land, what happened? They realized that land was filled with what? Giants. What are giants today? How, do, how can we go? I mean, what is that? How do we relate with that? Giants are big obstacles in our lives, right? They're problems. So sometimes in our life, we might have promises and we might read them very casually. Oh, this is a nice promise. Oh, God says he'll do this. God says he'll do that. But then when we see a situation, sometimes we don't even apply the promise to that. We're just, it's almost like, well, that's just the way things are. Look what, look what, look the way life is. Well, you see, when there's something wrong in life, when there's an obstacle, we ought to immediately go, wait a minute. Now, what does the Word of God say about this? And don't start going, well, the Word of God says this, but, but this is the way the circumstances are. So I guess I don't understand something. If the, if the Word of God's true, that means my circumstances would be different. So that's how we think. But that's not the way the Word of God is, you see. The Word of God's given to you with promises to be able to change things in your life, not to be able to tell you just the way life's going to be. The promises are giving, given to you so that you can see something that's not in alignment with the way it ought to be or what you need, and you go back to the promise and say, okay, this is my natural reality, but this promise is my true reality, and now I'm going to have to make this spiritual reality, this promise, bigger in my heart and bigger in my mind than this natural situation I'm in is. And I'm telling you, that takes pressing in. That takes effort because as long as the natural problems are bigger in your mind and bigger in your mouth and in your discussion and in your attitude, then your promises, you will never get your breakthrough. It's not that hard. You just have to deny the, the doubts, deny the negativity, and you need to begin to focus on the Word of God. Paul said this, we walk by faith and not by sight. He was making a declaration there. I don't believe that every Christian walks by faith in every dimension like they ought to. And when we see something that's out of alignment, we'll often be shaken by it. But that's when you have to make a decision. Are you going to walk by faith? Or are you going to walk by sight? Are you going to just walk by what's naturally out there, what you can naturally figure out, how you can naturally get your answers what you can reason and figure out how to overcome, or are you going to say, those are nothing, I don't mind trying to figure that out, but the first thing I've got to do is 
Magnify God. I'm going to get the victory before I try to figure things out. I'm going to get the victory and trust the promises of God, and I will not be moved from that. And no matter what happens, I'm going to get the victory. I hope you're with me on that this morning. Because that's what the Word of God says, and we just have to stand in there with it, right? So many people, they see a problem and they go, well, it must not be God's will for me to go forward. Well, it must not be God's will for me to be healed. Well, it must not be God's will for me to prosper and do well. It must not be God's will for me to have a, a good job in life and to do well. It must not be God's will for me to break out of the cycle that's been in my life because it's always there. Those are just lies. God's just saying, I'm just waiting for you. All you got to do is press in. Victory is yours. You can pop out of that old thing you've been in. You can pop out of those old problems. You can pop out of those old issues. But you've got to give that effort. You've got to press into the kingdom. And when you do, watch how amazing it is. For those of you that have given your life to the Lord, you remember that when you were going through that process, man, you were wrestling with it, you were wrestling with it. And then finally, you gave your life to the Lord. And then after you're going, what in the world did I wait so long for? I wish I'd done that when I was a little boy or a little girl, right? Man, what was I thinking? This is amazing. I'm just so glad I know God and I have eternal life and I'll be with him forever. And, um, you know, it's the same way with other things. We might have insurmountable, insurmountable odds, you know, in the circumstances that are around us, things that we have to overcome. But I will tell you this, if you will connect with God and you'll just start thinking the word and you'll just start speaking the word, you know, when you speak something, it's more powerful than if you only think it, right? So if you speak something out and say something out, it will help you in your faith, right? So you're going to have to learn how to speak your faith, stand your faith, and do what you need to do to get the victory you need to have. Do you want breakthrough? You want breakthrough? You want blessings? You're going to have to do something to get them. Some of them will come your way. Some are going to come your way just because you're faithful. In fact, those are very powerful too. There's some seriously powerful blessings that come your way just from, from sowing good. And they'll come in due season. And, and they're amazing. But that's not exactly what I'm talking That's kingdom stuff too. You got, and we'll talk about that a little bit maybe today or next week. But I'm just emphasizing today the need for you to rise up and to do what you need to do. To do what you need to do and stay in faith. Now I want you to, to think about these Israelites. They had a very solid promise. A very solid promise. It was real. I'm going to bring you into that land. But to them, the giants were the first generation. Second generation made it in. The first generation, the giants were bigger than they were. The problems were bigger than they were. Their fears were too big. Their doubts were too big. They all began to speak negatively. Brothers and sisters, I just tell you today, we are called for this kind of battle. We are called to rise up. And the faith that God's given us, I mean, it, it cannot be moved. All we have to do is let it grow. All we have to do is get into the Word. If you're just getting to the Word, confess the Word, start speaking the Word, watch what faith will do. Plant the Word on, in the, on the inside of you. Start speaking right words. Watch what happens to your life. You're going to be amazed. You remember those first 
12 spies that went in to spy the land. Oh, can we make it in? It's the promised land. God has already promised. God's already said, I'm taking you in. They look around. They just take it into their mind and they go, oh, look. Oh, there's no way. These are giants. They're like 10 feet tall. And we're like, you know, we feel very small. These are huge. These are, I mean, so they go back. We can't do it, guys. We've already, I mean, there's no way. It's way, way out of measure. I mean, it just can't happen. We've already figured that out. You see, they went in there, but there were two guys that didn't say that. There were two men, and even though everybody was saying that, and it wasn't popular for them to say what they said, this is another interesting thing. Joshua and Caleb are speaking good things. We can make it in. Um, we're, we're going to be able to do it. And they're speaking encouragement. You think everybody would go, yes, they get mad. They almost want to kill Joshua and Caleb for saying that. That's the most interesting thing. But when people get settled in a wrong attitude, doubt, you'd be surprised how hard it is to pop them out of that. They're determined they're going to stay there in that place of defeat. And you can start speaking faith to them. They just don't want to hear it. They're determined they're right. And they don't want you to bother them because you calling them out and telling them to come to a place of faith just really will irritate them. But anyway, look at this. Joshua and Caleb spoke that out. Forty years later, it took 40 years, but they made it in. It might take you a long time for you to get your promises. It may take four days. It may take 40 days. But if you don't give up, God will bring you into your land. Don't give up. All those other people that had negative words, negative attitudes, they never entered the promise. It was a solid promise. It never became theirs. It never benefited them. They never obtained the promise that God gave to them because they were not willing to rise up contrary to their feelings, contrary to their fears, contrary to their doubts, and say, this is mine. I don't care how I feel. There are giants in front of me. I'm just going to close my eyes, keep trusting God, and keep moving forward. I guarantee you if they'd done that, not only would have they have possessed their promises, they would have changed and they would have experienced an amazing victory on the inside of their lives. And some of you, maybe you recognize you've got a smallness about you. You know, if you start doing the things God wants you to do, you watch how God will begin to expand your life and expand who you are. And He'll make you large on the inside. You might be small in stature on the outside. You might not have you know, a lot of great visibility in life from others. But I tell you something, if you start walking with God, God will make you into a spiritual giant. And a spiritual giant will always defeat a natural giant. Amen? And that's exactly what will happen to you. So, I just want to read a couple of these verses here before I move on. I want to give some more examples. But it says this in Mark eleven twenty three: Whatever things you ask, believe you receive them and you'll have them. Do you know that is something that you have to press into? It's not easy to believe something, that you've got something. Okay, let's say, uh, you know, I just prayed for something. And then somebody just says, hey, do you actually believe you're going to get what you just prayed for? Oh, no, I just prayed it. Well, the Bible says you're supposed to believe you got what you just prayed for. Well, wait a second. That's, that's just, that doesn't make sense. Yes, you're going to have to believe that. Now, when you pray believing, 
It requires a different kind of engagement with God. You can't be passive about it. You've got to really be connected with your prayers, believing that God's listening to you right then, and that He's hearing what you're praying. One thing that I've learned is to be very connected with God when you pray and believe you're going to get what you're asking for. You need to believe it. Now, it's hard for me to describe exactly the process of that, and I don't want to get into that today because it take up more time even than I have left today. But I want you just to be encouraged in this, okay? Mark 11, 23 says this, If you don't doubt in your heart, but believe, you're going to have whatever you say. Now, you remember those Old Testament prophets? I mean, those Old Testament people in Hebrews 11? You remember all those great benefits they got? All the miracles they saw? Jesus said something way, way beyond what these people had ever said in the Old Testament. He goes, if you don't doubt in your heart but believe, you're going to have whatever you say. That almost sounds crazy. To all of these New Testament apostles, they ended up being apostles, Jesus' disciples, they thought that was crazy. They'd never heard anything like that. Listen to me, brethren. These are promises for us. This is a promise for you. This is not something for you just to read lightly and then go on to the next verse. I wish that when you read that verse, if you've not been doing this and practicing this, that you would begin to go, wait a minute, and just read it over and over until you go, wow, that is one crazy promise that I've not been claiming, that I've not been living up to. I'm going to start speaking the Word of God. I'm going to start speaking to my mountain, and I'm going to believe that it's going to move out of my way. You might go, oh, that's too crazy. Well, actually, if you go look at the verse, the Bible says that is exactly what you're supposed to be doing. You go, oh, no, I don't believe in that super spiritual stuff. Well, I'm telling you, it's all in the Word of God. And the reason why maybe you don't believe it is because nobody in your life has ever believed it. And you've never seen a miracle before. And you've never seen a breakthrough before. But let me just tell you this. God is the God of breakthroughs. He's the God of miracles. And He wants to do them for you and through you. Amen? Isn't that amazing? Let me just read this verse. This one you ought to all get in your heart. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Have faith in God. Because whoever says to this mountain, what do you think a mountain might be? And a hugely, immense, immovable problem. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed, get out of the way, be cast into the sea, and doesn't doubt but believes those things he says, he says, he will have whatever he says. You ought to read that verse a hundred times this week if that's what it's going to take. Read it out loud. Speak it out loud. Guess what? I bet by the end of the week, you're going to start speaking your problems. You see what I'm saying? Do you see how there are pro promises in the Word of God that we don't even, even try to utilize sometimes? And if we get these promises in our hearts, we would obtain the promises. We would begin to see them work in our lives. If we'd hold on, if we would stand with the Word of God, if we would be filled with God, watch what God would do through us. You might go, oh, you know what? That preacher's crazy. He goes a little too far out there. Let me just say something. Most 
stuff you hear today, we just you could just read it in the Reader's Digest if you know what that is. Y'all even know what the Reader's Digest is anymore? Do you know? Are you serious? Anyway, let's go. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I guess the Reader's Digest never made it to the internet very well. Um. Anyway, it just brings out so many funny stories, but no, we won't go there. So, all right. <clears throat> Jesus taught us that when we're praying for something, you pray, and you don't pray passively. You claim something. You claim it. The disciple said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And you know what he said. He gave us the Lord's Prayer. Okay, pray like this. Our Father, he, he was giving us a little outline. But then, this is in Luke 11, then he gives us an example of the attitude we need to have in prayer. You see, he said, this is what you need to pray. And then he goes, and this is how you need to pray. And he talks about this man going at nighttime in the middle of the night, right in the middle of somebody's sleep. Let's say they sleep eight hours. He comes after they've been asleep about four. All the lights are off in the house. All the candles have been put out. All the children are in bed. People are like in deep, deep sleep. They've got the rapid eye motion thing happening. And here's somebody knocking on the door. Yeah, huh? Somebody's knocking on the door. Now, if that happened in, in our generation, you'd load your gun, wouldn't you? But back then, no. Okay, I'm just joking. Don't get upset at me, some of you who might be upset at that. Okay, so some of you, you know, uh, you hear a knock on the door. If, you, if it was back then, what would you do? You'd go, who could that be? And you hear, you hear your friend, somebody that you know. Hey, get up. I got some relatives, or I've got some guests that came over. And I don't have any bread for them. I just want to be a good host and give them some food. Come back in the morning, crazy. Can't you wait four more hours? Can't you wait six more hours? No. No, he's here. I want to be hospitable. I should give him something right now. Now, I think that's an interesting, it's a really interesting um, scripture because of the, the illustration Jesus used. You know, I'm glad Jesus didn't use like an emergency situation. The guy wasn't going to die. He wasn't in a famine. If the guy had said, if Jesus had said the guy was about to die of starvation and he came knocking on the door, We'd all think, well, in a dire situation, in a dire situation, you can, you can come like that. No, he just wanted to be hospitable. He, it was the right thing to do. He wanted to bless somebody, right? And also, he could have waited four more hours. He could have waited six more hours, but he wanted to bless it right then. I just think that's such an interesting thing that God, Jesus used that as an example. And he was like, he won't let go. He's got, he makes that guy finally get up out of bed. Okay. I can't believe he keeps knocking on the door like that. I can't believe he won't wait. I can't believe it. Jesus says, I want you to be like that in prayer. That's the attitude you got to have in prayer if you want to get answers. I am telling you, most people do not pray like that. Now, I just, I pray certain things. I go through my prayer list. I'll pray for people. They'll come sometimes rapid fire. I'm believing God's going to answer and um, praise God for that. And there are certain times, certain times, not all the time, I'll press in for something. I'm like, God, I need this right now. And I'll just, you just press in. You ask God for it. Now, there are certain levels of different things you're praying for. 
Sometimes you just know something's coming. And you're believing God for it. I would encourage you, you just pray for that every day. You believe God for that every day. You knock every day. You know it's coming, but you're staying connected. You don't have the answer yet. You don't have the peace that the answer's materialized yet in prayer, but you just bring it before the Lord. There are other times there's a dire situation. You need something now, or it might not even be a dire situation, but you need a breakthrough, or you need something right then. You press right then for it. You believe God for it right then. Amen? So there's different dimensions of prayer. And I don't want you to think you got to pray this intensely for every single thing. But I'm just saying, in general, you need to be putting a push on God. You need to be asking and believing and not praying passively. Amen? And that's what Jesus was teaching here. Now, there are so many different examples of this. Maybe I'll go through one or two of them. All right, so one example, everybody that's been with us probably for eight months will know this example. It's David at Ziklag. You ought to know by now who, what is at Ziklag. David goes out to fight that day. He comes back with all of his men. All of their families have been kidnapped, taken away. Their town has been burned. All their livestock is gone. All their possessions are gone. They have lost absolutely everything. That is, could you imagine that? Could you imagine going on a vacation and you just pack a bag, you know, you and your spouse, hey, let's just go to the beach for a couple of days and you come back home and your house is burned down. Your stuff's all gone. Your memories are gone. Your children are gone. Every, your dog and cat, they're gone. Everything's gone. And you've got nothing. It's sort of hard to relate with that, but if you could just imagine that happening, it was like that for David, and, may, and maybe even worse. They don't have insurance. And plus, there's no way insurance could get your kids back even if they did. So here he was, extremely overcome with like one of the worst situations that we see in the Bible, right? What does he do? Was he go, no, he might have actually done this for a while. But you know, as it says, he cried and cried and cried. David's crying and crying and crying. But you remember that verse that we read earlier in Hebrews? What does it say happened to all the men of faith? From weakness, they were made what? Strong. He's crying. He's about to give up. All of the men, are, these are fighting men. These men, they risk their lives, you know, with spears and swords and everything else and pitchforks or whatever they can fight with. And here they are. They, it says they cry until there's more, no more strength to cry. They don't even have enough energy to cry. That's how bad things were. Have y'all ever cried that much? You ever been in a situation so bad Things happened to you so bad, you cried and cried and cried until you had no more energy to cry anymore. That's where David was. But then David also realized um, these men, by the way, when, when you get in that situation, it just lends itself to more bad attitudes, right? So that bad situation happened, and these guys are going, they, then they start to get mad. It's his fault. He's the one that led us out on vacation this week. He's the one that said we should go. He's the one. And David's probably feeling guilty himself. Oh, I can't believe it. 
Maybe I didn't hear God. Maybe I made a mistake. Maybe I didn't pray enough. Maybe you see how we can start to get into that cycle of thinking, trying to figure out what we did wrong, where we made a misstep. But you know what it says in that verse when you get there, if you want to look, it's in first Samuel Samuel. I said first Samuel. I'm gonna say first Samuel chapter thirty. First Samuel chapter thirty. You see, once he'd given all his energy out to crying and poor you know, he goes, They're getting ready to kill me. If I don't get a breakthrough right now, I'm not going to make it. So what does he do? Contrary to what he's feeling like, he makes himself go be with God and to get victory in his life. That is one of the most powerful stories of a man who entered into the things of the kingdom and into victory when he had the worst opposition inside of him. And let me just say this. When you're feeling discouraged and depressed, the last thing you want to do is praise God. You would think that would be what everybody would want to do. No. You want to get back. You want to cry. You want to feel bad. You want to go mope. You, you want to maybe go to bed, go to sleep, forget about what you're going through. But you don't want to rise up. You don't feel like it at all. David made himself because he knew that was where victory was. He did not want to go there. He did not feel like going there. But he made himself do it because he knew that's where he's going to get his breakthrough. So what does he do? He goes from this state of intense discouragement, intense heaviness, no energy left on the inside of him. He wants to give in to the depression. And he has to turn around, rise up, and be strong. I think that's an amazing thing right there. And he makes himself do what he doesn't feel like doing. And guess what happens? It says he goes to be with God and he encourages himself in the Lord. When he encourages himself in the Lord, what happens? His life begins to change. His mindset begins to change. You see, look at this, guys. He's moving from a place of defeat. He's from a place of weakness to strengthen God. His circumstances have not changed. But what's changed? Now he's standing with God. He's believing the promises with the worst situation he's ever been in in his face. He's saying, God, I believe you. God, I believe you're for me and not against me. God, I believe you're bigger than any problem I could ever be in. God, this is the worst thing I've ever seen, but you're bigger. And right now, I'm putting my face towards you. I am looking at you. I'm reminding myself of what the Word says, and I'm putting that on the back burner right now. I'm saying, God, you're bigger than that. God, I trust in you. And even now, God, you can do an amazing miracle. My faith is in you, Lord. And You see, he began doing that. And first thing you know, maybe at first when he was saying it, he doesn't feel it. 
But he speaks it. And as he's speaking it, something begins to happen on the inside of him. His mind begins to change. The spirit of the room begins to change. Instead of feeling that negativity and that heaviness, he begins to feel something else. That heaviness begins to leave and he begins to feel different. His heart begins to change. His mind begins to change. His attitude begins to change. And when he gets out of his time with God that day, remember, he and all of his men were the very same. They were so upset, they wanted to kill him. He is so changed by God, he comes out and he speaks to all these men. And he says, come on men, we're going to go forward. God's going to give us back everything we've lost. And when he says that, faith ignites in these men and they had to be willing to let go of being upset at David and moping. They had to also be willing to let go of where they were to enter into the breakthrough that somebody else had won. Are y'all with me? So, when somebody preaches, when somebody shares in a word of encouragement to you, you don't feel like changing. Don't go, oh, shut up. Anybody ever tell you, you're going to make it? You're going to, it's not, you're going to, oh, just be quiet. Don't do that. Catch hold of that faith that's coming out of that person. Catch hold of the victory and make that victory yours. And I would just tell you today, if you'll listen to what we've gone through today, if maybe go back and listen to it again, make it yours, begin to go into these scriptures. There's some other ones we'll get into next week. There are so many promises. Read this, Mark 11, 22 through 24 this week. Read it every day. Read it three times a day. And ask yourself, what is my mountain? What does God want me to pray for? What does God want me to speak to in faith in God and trust? Do what the Word of God says. Read it. Read it. That's your assignment this week. If you will do that, I let's just say three times a day for a week, and you'll do it with all your heart, I guarantee you, you're going to have something change in your life. If you will obtain this promise, if you will make this promise I read yours, don't just be a passive sit on your chair, come to church Christian, do something with your life. Get into the Word of God. Make the Word of God bigger than your obstacles. Keep speaking this until whatever you're worried about, concerned about, all wrapped up in, gets small until God gets big. That's the way God works. God will make you an, a mighty man of God, a mighty woman of God. You're going to move mountains, and he'll use the smallest of people, so to speak, to use the greatest of things, because God is God. Amen? Amen. Well, I want to encourage you. Be here. I guess we'll go into part two next week, because I didn't nearly finish I don't want you to be encouraged because God has something good for you. There's an amazing breakthrough for you. I believe the reason why I preach this message today is because God wants to ignite your faith. He wants to give you blessings. He wants to give you breakthroughs. What do you need? Are you sick? What do you need? Do you need a job? Do you need finances? Do you need wisdom? Do you need some kind of breakthrough? I can guarantee, you know, most everybody needs something. And if you're desperate for a breakthrough, if you need something, I'm just telling you, if you do is just start pressing into it, you're going to get it. Don't give up. Amen. Well, let's pray and commit.
commit this week to God. Father, we want to thank you, Lord God, for the word of God. We thank you for the power of God on our side. We thank you that you help us. You empower us. You give us what we need to overcome, to go forward in life. And Lord, we thank you this day, God, for faith. We thank you for this word that comes to us, that strengthens us. God, I just pray right now in Jesus' name that there would be an, a mighty faith rise up in every person who's heard today. I pray that perspective would be there. Lord, and I pray for those who feel overwhelmed in their situation. Some have been in it for a long time. They feel overwhelmed. They feel like the situation has never changed. Some have been Christians and believers, and it's like, oh, I guess I'm just in this rut. Nothing's ever going to change. I speak life to you now, and I expose that lie, and I encourage you, believe God, have hope. Let the spirit of your mind change. Let there be hope of your mind and encouragement of your mind. And in that atmosphere, let faith begin to well up in your heart and begin to speak into your situation. Begin to pray words of faith. Begin to step out of your fear, your doubt, your negativity. Never say another negative defeatist word again. Make a decision. You're going to speak what the word of God says over your life. And you're going to plow forward into your next season of blessing. The kingdom of God is taken violently. And the violently take it by force. You take the kingdom this week. Make it your own. Make these promises your own. And I hope I just hear from a whole bunch of you. You call me and you let me know the blessings that God's brought to you. Lord, now just pray. Bless everyone this week. Bless. Let there be divine opportunities to use the Word of God, to experience the Word of God, and to see the breakthroughs that it promises every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen.